Hello and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I'm your host, Jessica, and here I have with me my two co-hosts. Hi, I'm Larry. And I'm Jonathan. And this is our yearly Halloween special, and today we will be talking about three movies. They are Prey, Nope, and The Quiet Place Part 2. And the first movie we'll be talking about is Prey. And Larry, do you want to give a brief summary about what Prey is about? Sure. So Prey is about a young Comanche woman, Naru, who was trained as a healer for her tribe, but she actually has dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother. And so as she journeys to prove herself as a capable hunter for her tribe, she finds herself having to protect her people from a vicious humanoid alien that hunts predatorial animals for sport, as well as protect them from French fur traders who are destroying the buffalo they rely on for survival. So that's pretty much like a real quick summary of the entire film. But uh, I actually suggested this film to talk about because we don't really talk too much about this type of film. I mean, Prey, uh, for those who don't know, Prey is kind of like a spinoff of the Predator franchise. And Predator is one of those classic, like, action sci-fi thriller films that a lot of people, um, like, love and talk about. And I think a lot of people, they don't really consider them as horror films, but they can definitely be, like, in that vein of, like, very loose horror. Because it's not really, like, Mm -hmm. it has, like, tense moments. It has very, like... Uh, thrilling moments but it's not like the same type of fear that we experience it, it, it's it's a it, it touches on a different aspect of it and i think that's why i wanted to talk about this particular film and plus i heard a lot of good reviews about it so i just felt like it was important to talk about it so so yeah what you guys think of this film did you mention that it was like aliens franchise mm-hmm. yeah the predator franchise oh, okay okay is is it aliens and predator the same thing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> No, I think they're different. Aren't they different? Yeah, yeah. so the aliens... Yeah, people like to mash them together. Kind of like Jason vs. Freddy, you know? (laughs) Like, they're kind of their own franchise. Yeah, but but the people like to mash them together to to see crazy things, you know what I mean? Which kind of does make sense, because their alien is an alien, and... um, or the xenomorphs are aliens, <laughs> and and the predator is an alien. So it's like, why don't we just put them together? You know, right? Like, like uh, right. Jason from Friday the Thirteenth is a serial killer. Freddy Krueger is a serial killer. Let's make them fight together. <laughs> and so essentially, it's right. very easy right. to okay. to mix up alien and predator. Yeah, yeah. But um, I see, I see. Alien versus predator is a thing, though. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it is. is a thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 I thought I was making that up. I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're not you're not uh, you're not hallucinating. It, it's a real thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, but this one is kind of like a is, is like a hard prequel, I would say, to the entire Predator franchise. So yeah, what did you guys think of this film? Um, it was I surprisingly quite liked it a lot. <laughs> um, um, because I. Don't think I've ever care for like the Predator films. I don't think I've even watched one. Um, so like I, <laughs> me either. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I I knew you guys were knew you guys talked about like Alien versus Predator as like this, but I forgot about it until I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's who they're fighting. Um, 
or who the villain is, the enemy is, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I liked it because it took place in a time frame that we or era that we normally do not get to see, mm-hmm. um, which was like the indigenous people. Right. I liked that a lot. Like that right. kind of like roped me and sucked me in, and I was just like, okay, now this is interesting. Like, how are they going to deal with the issue? Like, you know how I, I feel like with indigenous people, you know, they're very spiritual about a lot of things, and so they they look at something alien esque, otherworldly things. It, they would approach it differently, you know, mm-hmm. versus like modern day mm-hmm. today, like how right. so, how would someone would fight an alien or a predator? So I really enjoyed that aspect of this film, and it was just it was refreshing to see, mm-hmm. you know, indigenous people on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not and not in the context of like cowboys, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Oh gosh, that would be terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you, Jess. I feel like um, it's it was a really refreshing and unique perspective and it didn't feel forced or fake you know it 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 felt Mm -hmm. genuine um and i think i think that's what i liked about it um and overall just it was very interesting and a lot of fun i think um mom was sort of uh watching with me too at first i think she missed like maybe the first 20 minutes but then when she had sat down she started watching it with me too, and she was genuinely interested <laughs> in the film, you know. Um, oh, wow! And so I feel, I feel like this, yeah, this this film just it, it it is it's a good film. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. really bad about it. Uh, those are kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, it's really hard to pick at this film because it does a lot of things right. You know, like it, there's no like crazy exposition about where these Comanche people come from and where they're trying to go with their lands, yeah. or you know, not none of that crazy weird plot <laughs> stuff that 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 a lot of people tend to, for some reason some Hollywood writers like to do that when it comes to writing about First Nations. I don't know why, but they just do. But in this one, no, it's not. <laughs> like this is this is their world. This is their territory this is their lives you know they don't need to go into all those weird details <laughs> you know um right right because it's because it feels i think with indigenous people sometimes it feels almost fantastical you know what i mean yeah. or whimsical mm-hmm. you know yeah. in that sort of way because it's so different um and so they feel like they need to do like a fantasy prologue sort of approach <laughs> to like my people have always lived in the, with the land and et cetera, et cetera. You know yeah, I mean? it, like, it's weird. Yeah, you, I'm like, glad I think they Pocahontas didn't do that. was kind of guilty of it too. <laughs> but but here you have like prey, and it's like, wait, did they? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I think they kind of they kind of touched on it. And they had a little bit of an opening yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, but no, like, Prey didn't have that opening number or anything like that, you know? <laughs> like, this is just them, you know? And it's it's really interesting to see uh, Naru's arc throughout the entire film. I, I think her character arc is, like, amazing. Just kind of like how we see her mm-hmm. from this type of character where she's, like, she wants to prove herself. She wants to be strong. She wants to do this. But it's very clear that she has, she still struggles, you know, <laughs> she's still learning. Right. But then by the end of it, it's like, bam, she's a badass, you know, she she can do it, you right. know. And like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that transition was, was really yeah. good. Yeah, it was interesting to see her struggle with that. At first, I thought she was going to like totally kill that lion, mm-hmm. you know, but she didn't. She like froze, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, I was like, dang, I guess she doesn't really want it that badly, but I guess she does want it. She's just like, she's just never had any experience with it. So she's like afraid, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it also kind of goes to show, um, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but throughout the entire film, like everyone was trying to kill this, this alien by like force, you know, like, oh, I'm stronger or I'm, I'm, uh, you know, trying to beat him through pure strength, but you can't defeat this alien like that. You know, he's gonna slaughter you. <laughs> you know, he learns, and so what? But what Naru does is defeats the alien by like her wits and intelligence. You know, you have to outsmart this alien. You have to be smarter than him. You can't just like try mm-hmm. to beat him in an arm wrestling contest. You know, you gotta like do something else to really, right. you know. And it's not just like they don't explain this through like this heist plan. You know what I mean? She just freaking does it. And we see how the other planes don't work, you know, and how other people die because of it. So, yeah, this film is just a really great example of like a bunch of showing like how to show how to like avoid telling too much. Yeah, it's just great. Uh, If you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely like just check it out. It's on Hulu. So, yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. check it out. I also really highly recommend it. Mm hmm. Uh, So the next film is Nope by our favorite uh, director, (laughs) writer, Jordan Peele. (laughs) And it's about two siblings who um, run a ranch, a horse ranch, and um, and they kind of start to discover weird things happening in the sky and they start to see things. Um, And that's kind of like the basic premise of the Mm-hmm. of the movie um yeah. and of course it, it stars daniel kalua kiki palmer Stephen yun some of our favorites you know mm-hmm. i feel like jordan and daniel like they work so well together and i'm so glad that you know they mm-hmm. still continue to work together mm-hmm. but um yeah anyways so that's the premise of nope and um you guys can talk first and then i will give my opinion and my what i think about it Okay. Yeah, sure. I didn't get the luxury of watching in theaters, but <laughs> did you wish you did? Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I think it would have been more intense if I watched it in theaters because there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of intense moments in mm-hmm. this film. Um, because like this yeah. film, like when I first watched it, I had no idea where it was going. <laughs> I had no idea what it, what it was even about. You know, um, I just kind of mm-hmm. went in kind of blind and uh, I came out of it like wow like that's that's a pretty good film has a lot of stuff has has a lot of undertones like what Jordan Peele is so good at um mm-hmm. so many good undertones and so many things that are shown without really being explicitly said but can be mm-hmm. extremely relatable to those who understand what he's trying to say and like I think what he does well is also he just like he kind of gives you a hint but he doesn't tell you what it is, and you can kind of interpret mm-hmm. it however you want. Right. You know, that's what I love about about his yeah. writing. And it's yeah. so insane how, like, there's so many more things Jordan Peele hasn't explored yet. And uh, I personally thought he was, I wouldn't say he was close to hitting his limit, but I, I was concerned that he'd be running out of ideas or anything. But no, I nope, he's not running out of ideas. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like this film. Yeah, I went to go see this film with a couple friends. Um, they don't do scary movies, but they do do Jordan Peele. I feel like I have a lot of friends like that. Um, and <laughs> and I really enjoyed watching it in the theaters because of the cinematics and 
visual effects of like the third act i think it's just it's so different on the big screen you know mm-hmm. it's i was like blown away by some of the visuals in the third act because of the big screen and so i really am grateful for for the privilege to be able to have seen it and on the big screen i feel like this film was actually pretty different from his other films and i guess you could say all his films are a little mm-hmm. different from each other they have like the same sort of um like tone at times but i feel like this one definitely had a different approach i feel like the part of the film that felt the most like his other movies was steven yun's characters um yeah, yeah and his storyline story yeah. that felt the most mm-hmm. jordan peele to me everything else yeah, yeah, felt yeah. very different yeah um which which i yeah. i really appreciated but yeah mm-hmm. i i felt like like when i was watching all the stuff with like Steven Yeun's character, I was just like, you know, chills up my spine. I what the heck edge. is happening? Woo! You know, like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, I think that it's a very different thing from Jordan Peele, but in a good way. Yeah, um, I think very similarly to what you think, Jonathan. Um, I love Jordan Peele's, like, Us and Get Out. Like, those are some of my, like, favorite horror thriller type movies. And, you know, since I love them, I was expecting this one to kind of be like that. But um, I went in and I was, I genuinely came out confused. But it was a good confused. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like a good confused. Because I was like, I was just, I was expecting something from Jordan Peele. And I, it, he like did a complete like 180 you know yeah. it definitely still had the feel of him and his writing um and, and like you said with like steven yun's his character's story arc like that was very jordan peele like i could feel it like i was on edge every time like the like like that storyline came on the screen yeah but um what i loved was that uh, as a as a writer director he was changing it up and he wasn't afraid to experiment with something else that he you know that he hasn't done mm-hmm. um you know he changed it from like what probably everyone thought the same thing they went in thinking oh this is jordan peele but then they're like wait this is jordan peele like you know what i mean <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah so i came out genuinely confused in a good way but i yeah it was Jason and I, like, we always have to go and, um, you know, look up theories and stuff afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, our thing whenever, you know, we watch, like, Jordan Peele. Like, we have to, we have to look up theories and, you know, try to figure out, like, this and that. Yeah. Yeah. I I typically try to stay away from the theories so that I can come up with my own, you know, Mm -hmm. on what this is about. Because I feel like this film was the most abstract you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely out of the three that he's had i feel like us was kind of getting there and then this one was very much you know right i, I feel like you can take it for face value for what it is you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like a monster creature flick um mm-hmm. uh with with like a, a monster from from outer space but like you know, also kind of underneath that, this sort of these like very, very deep themes of like what it means to be seen as a monster. What is what does it mean to be to be a monster? You know what I mean? Because they had this whole thing of um, like the horse is reacting, you know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the creature. And then the horse is also sort of being animals themselves, you know, yeah. um, and and also just kind of us as humans like being animals too you know Uh um 
and with I think Steven Yun's character's uh, story arc about him as a Korean American adoptee, you know, and sort of being like feeling like he's on the outside and connecting with the monkey who was also very much an outsider too, you know, Mm -hmm. and then also his character feeling like his character could connect with this sort of alien monster thing, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought it was just very, very subtle in its sort of themes, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. if you if you don't think about it, then <laughs> you, you don't you know you don't think about it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you can still enjoy it for its face value. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing I want to add is that if you get the chance to go to Universal Studios, they do. If you go on the Studio Lot tour, they do have the set of Nope there. So it was really cool to see. <laughs> like literally, Jason and I, we went. We we're down there for a concert, and then we watched Nope, and then we also went to Universal, and we were just like, it just gave us like the heebie-jeebies. You know what I mean? Like the like the hair yeah. on my skin was like, uh, like you know, up, and <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, this is just like the movie. So if you ever get a chance to go. Go see it before they like you know change it out to something else. So did yeah. did they? Was it the set of like the monkey or was it the set of? No, like... it it was the they had like the car there. You know the truck with like the with the um with the with carousel the... horse in yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, had the horse carriage. Yeah, yeah, the horse carriage, and then they had um the set of um Ricky's theme park. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. I was so gonna it say was... if they had the set of the monkey, I'd be like, oh, oh heck no, 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 dude, no, 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 no. It has to be. It has to be. You know, a little bit more like for because kids go on this ride, so like it has to be PG at least. Oh, you I know see, what I mean? I see, I see. So yeah, they definitely wouldn't have had that, but it would have been interesting <laughs> to see that if they did recreate yeah. it. They, they could have um, done it for like horror nights or something. That would have been. Yeah, they could. That would have been really. That, that would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if you ever ever get a chance to go see it, go go to Universal and go see that set. Anything else you guys want to add about this film? Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to add was um, I liked how Daniel Kaluuya's character kind of tried to explain what this thing was in the sky. He kind of explained it as like this predator type. Um, creature right and that's kind of Mm -hmm. the theme of our of this episode is we're talking about these kind of creatures that are kind of like from above our understanding from outer space literally from outer space but also like above our understanding of like of like how they act and and how uh, and how they interact with us and how what the methods they use to even just try to get to us because like the, the way this thing like works is really insane it's kind of like mind-boggling <laughs> you know and um it's really interesting to see how daniel kalua's character was able to kind of pick up on that really quickly and was able to kind of transfer that to all the other characters as well so they kind of learn and understand what's going on and this this kind of predator prey relationship not only just carries on through like this animal kingdom but like also in in our society as well you know there are people who there are different class systems there are different positions right. of power all those sorts of things and it, right. it really bogs down and boils down to this predator prey relationship almost so mm-hmm. um i really liked how that's one way you could interpret this film there's just so many different ways to, <laughs> to talk about this right. film so yeah that's yeah. what that's what jordan peele is good at you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's what he's good at okay cool anything else 
Nope. Okay. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so our last film that we're going to talk about is uh, the franchise series, A Quiet Place. But this time we're talking about uh, the second one. So Jonathan, do you want to give a little summary what it's about? Yeah, sure. Um, so A Quiet Place Part 2 is like a direct continuation of the first film, A Quiet Place. Um, follows the, the story of um, of a family who is living in this post-apocalyptic world where these aliens who have like super sensitive hearing, essentially whenever they hear a noise, they'll come and just attack anything that is there and kill it. And so we're following this family after the loss of their father figure. And they need to leave because if they don't leave, then their house is going to be soon overrun by a bunch of aliens. And so they are essentially trying to find other sort of uh, survivors in this post-apocalyptic world. Whereas the first film is very much a family drama that follows just the family in their attempt to survive. This one is kind of their attempt to sort of go out and and find other people still definitely a family drama but just a sort of a direct continuation of the first film mm-hmm. cool jess what did you yeah. think about it since uh Jonathan, <laughs> you haven't seen any of them yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't seen any of them so jason jason and i binged the first well we binged the first one together and then the second one i i watched it by myself but um i i mean I was just like, you know me, I don't like horror. So I'm like, it's not going to be my first, the first thing like, oh, it's going to be on the top of my list to watch. So, you know, I just, it was there and I knew it, it was like good, but I was just like, ah, it's not my things to watch. But obviously watching it for this, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, The funny thing was, the funny thing that I noticed was like, um, when I would pause the film, I was like, oh, I'm like, I pause and I check the time like, oh, I'm only, I'm 50 minutes in already, but I feel like nothing has happened, but everything has happened at the same time. Like how, like, I don't understand how that happened. So I was like, so confused every single time, like both movies that happened. I was like, oh, yeah. Something um, about the pacing, right? Yeah. There's something about the pacing where I'm just like, so many things happen, but nothing happened at the same time. That was interesting that it happened both times for both movies. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, uh, well, I know John, he directed and he starred in the first one. And then he directed the second one, starred in a little bit. But I enjoyed it. I loved that they used um, sign language because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's you know you don't get to see that a lot in film, especially horror film. Um, so that was nice to see. That was refreshing to see. Um, the one thing that I do want to touch on that I noticed with a few like horror thriller is that uh, I feel like um, writers have been playing a lot with the idea of like our senses you know what i mean mm-hmm. like with like bird box like you you can't you can't look you know like bird box you can't look with All this way you can't hear yeah like this way you can't you can't you know talk or you know mm-hmm. you gotta be quiet so i thought that was very interesting that like they were writers are playing with the idea of like you know our 
uh, the human sight and senses and all those things. Yeah, like so, how we perceive the world and, right, and interact yeah. with the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting how they played with that. And then the funny thing was like the aliens or I don't know, whatever, the monsters or whatever they were, they reminded me of Demogorgons. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, did they like get an idea from Stranger Things or something? Because I was like, these are definitely Demogorgons. Like, <laughs> I thought just, I just like, it was uncanny. I was like, okay, I won't say anything. Okay, just like steal my, I, not steal my idea, but you know, copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking of the whole time <laughs> when I saw the aliens. But overall, I thought they were really good films. And um, aren't they doing like a trilogy? So it's going to be like one more. Yeah, I think there's okay. one more, and they're actually, I think they're actually planning for like a spinoff or something like that. Too, oh, so. okay. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm interested now. Obviously, I'm invested, and I've watched the first and the second one. So now I'm gonna have to watch the third one when it comes out. So yeah, yeah. I overall I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I love John Krasinski, and so like I just. They, like, teased him at the beginning of this sequel, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's in the opening prologue. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, not in the rest of the film. And I'm just like, darn it. I just I just love it. And I, I love his character in the first, you know, yeah. film. Mm -hmm. And so, like, to not see him in this one was just kind of like, ugh. It pains my heart a little bit, you know, because I want to see John Krasinski. Yeah. Uh, more of John Krasinski in the, uh, in, in the film. Um, but overall, I I thought I thought this was a fairly good sequel. You know, it sucks that like the only black person died. <laughs> <laughs> of I was course, like, really. Of <laughs> Why course, did they do this. Um, but you know, it's just it's like stuff like that. I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the writing is clever, and also I think that like um they do a really good job having you empathize with the characters you know mm -hmm. like like the struggles that they go through are so real even though i mean we're not in a post-apocalyptic setting but you know just kind of um you know the the main character like the daughter her her sort of still struggle with her guilt you know, right yeah. her, her guilt and also like her sort of like wanting to be seen as somebody who can have responsibilities and who can actually do stuff and like kind of like she's treated as other or not able, you know, because of her disability, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, because of her deafness. And so she tries so hard to overcome that. And there are definitely things that, you know, ha that show her like maybe she's not ready, you know? Mm-hmm. But then she also has strengths in other ways where, like, she was actually right. Like, there is hope, you know? Like, there is yeah. this sort of thing at the end of the tunnel that no one else wanted to see, but she was willing to see it, you know? And yeah. I, I really love that. That, like, you know, uh, she might not be what everyone else wants her to be, mm -hmm. but she's still her own sort of hero in the ways that she uh, wants to, to be a hero. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, Jonathan. I remember telling you this um, when we first reviewed Quiet Place for our first Halloween special. I, I mentioned that I had trouble rewatching it because I already knew it was going to happen, and yeah. um, and so it it kind of ruined it for me, like trying to rewatch it again because the first time was just so special, you know. And right with part two, it recaptured that magic where it's sort of like what made the first movie so special 
like this film still carries that torch you know and and, mm-hmm. and it's like even if our beloved character is no longer there like it still manages it to move forward <laughs> with it you know and tell a story that i didn't know was necessary <laughs> yeah you know um because like the first film kind of ends on a it's whatever (laughs) you know and some stuff does get resolved but not a lot of things get resolved and so but in this one it's really more personal for the kids like kind of what they go go through it's their turn this time you know and it's their Mm -hmm. arc and that's what part two was mainly focused on um and i also really liked that dynamic between the daughter and their um their their friend the the their um the, the dad's wait was it I don't, they don't really quite explain who he is. Yeah, it's a, they're, he's like a family friend. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like a like a male older family friend. Um, like before the apocalypse, there um, the kids played baseball together. You know, essentially. Yeah. Um, and like this dynamic between between those two was really well done. Um, because he struggled because because in the first film, right? Um, the daughter was able to communicate with with her father just fine but they just disagreed on some things. But in this one, like the daughter literally has trouble communicating with this family friend because it's like, he doesn't know sign language, you know, he doesn't, you know, they, they, he doesn't speak yeah, it. he doesn't speak it. Mm-hmm. And so like this, yeah. but then they're forced to work together. You know what I mean? And like this, yeah. this dynamic just makes it so much more interesting, so much more like crazy conflicts to happen. And like, as we go through this journey, I'm like, wow, like this is a really interesting dynamic that I was not expecting at all. You know, mm-hmm. because it was so because we we're so focused on the family and, and the family drama. But like this one was just really fascinating just kind of see how they continue to expand on it. And um, I honestly was just not expecting that at all. Now, now for the son, to be honest, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I didn't really care as much at first because <laughs> I didn't really like him in the first film. <laughs> and I still don't really like him in this second film either. But he does kind of yeah, redeem himself. Okay. He does redeem himself at the end. But but I feel for the character of the son because, you know, the, they, they're kind of expecting him to, like, follow uh, in, like, his father's footsteps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because he's, like, supposed to be, like, the man of the family, et cetera, et cetera. But like you know, he's it's 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 obvious he's he's that's not who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has like other strengths and stuff like that. Like he's not he can't be his dad. But I feel like everybody else is kind of expecting. I don't think anybody's expecting him to be his dad, but they are expecting him to step up his game in the post-apocalyptic world that they live in. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like you know we all know people. <laughs> <laughs> if if it was gonna be a post-apocalyptic world, we all know who we want on our squad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't want people like like that that can't step up their game. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like to help survive and stuff. And I think I think that that's difficult for him because he's he just lost his dad. You know, like he's he's scared. He lost his brother in the last one. You know. Yeah. Um. And and like you know and it's just it's just it's a lot for him. And he's. He's in that sort of coming of age, like where he's becoming like a teenager, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like his sister is a little bit older, you know? And also like girls mature faster, in my opinion. And so like I feel like she's she's definitely like sort of has this idea of like what responsibility is and and how she needs to be responsible and, and take care of her family and stuff like that. Whereas like he's just like trying to get out of of being scared, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but that's his personality. You know, he can't help but 
but be scared all the time of everything, you know, because he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to see more people die, you know. Um, and so I, I, I feel for him. He's he's like trying to be this thing, you know. He's trying to be brave, um, but then he he can't, you know. He's scared. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, I was also kind of disappointed that Emily Blunt was kind of pushed off to the sideline in this <laughs> in part two <laughs> but it kind of makes sense because she was kind of the high she and um john krasinski were the highlight of, of the first film and in the second yeah. film it's the kids it's the two kids who take the spotlight right um yeah but also it's because in the film she has like a kid and has to take care of it so she can't really go out <laughs> and adventure and find herself you know and do all that right <laughs> like there's no arc there she just has to protect her kid you know that is her yeah. arc so yeah i was still yeah. a little disappointed but still I, I understood why why they did that so yeah I, I think it's interesting that even though john krasinski's character is not alive in the majority of the film that his character still has an impact on all the other characters did you think that was the case or no yeah i I can see what you're talking about because, you know, like it's their dad and their dad has such like a huge like role in their lives. And now he's gone. But, you know, right there, they just still try to like make up for his presence. But it's hard. Right. Um, And even when they when they go meet with a family friend for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't they say something like, doesn't he say something like, I can't be him or something? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think, because when, what's her face, Emily Blunt, like, asks, you know, the family friend to go search for their daughter or whatever. Yeah. I think that's, that's, um that's when they talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he... he had a really interesting arc as well, even though he was just more of a side character or a supporting character. Like, I think he played a really big role in into bringing out the rest of the um bring out the film entirely to be honest um mm-hmm. yeah but but also like the prologue was also a nice was nice because <laughs> because you know as jonathan said like john krasinski is such a great actor and the character he's he so much presence yeah he has so much <laughs> presence and, and it, yeah. his, his character is just so well written um and so it was really nice to see to see it all again pre-apocalypse <laughs> you know and then when, yeah. it, when, it, when it when it came to current when it came to current time i was like damn it i don't want to be here <laughs> <laughs> can we go back <laughs> yeah can we go back can, can i see the rest of how the how the rest right, of the, but what about plays the other out? days <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me a prequel <laughs> yeah um cool do you guys have anything else to say about this Last thing I'll say is just I'm really sad that I didn't get to see this film in theaters. This this film came out in theaters. I think it was like the very first film to come back to theaters after COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I think during that time it was there was still the COVID scare. And you know, of course COVID is still a real thing, you know? Yeah. Um but it's just like a lot of people were just not willing to go back. They want to risk it, yeah. Right. Yeah. They want to risk it and stuff. And and nowadays we see a lot of people, regardless of of COVID, the realities of COVID are going out and doing things, going to parties, socializing, going to movies, etc. But yeah, I, I just kind of felt like I kind of missed out by not seeing it in theaters. Like I I really wanted because I saw the first Quiet Place in theaters. And, and that was amazing to see it in theaters because I think the silence is so much more deafening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think this, the same thing could have been said about the second one in theaters, except, you know, I wasn't there to experience it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think definitely watching like scary movies in theater is a whole different experience than watching it at home. Because you yeah. get to experience the scare with everyone. So <laughs> and so it's like a little different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you yeah, feel like yeah, this yeah. one was scary, Jess? Um, no, not as scary. I only jumped because Jason was a little jumpy. (laughs) (laughs) So you're blaming it on Jason. (laughs) Yeah, I'm blaming it on Jason because he's very jumpy. So, I mean, he only watched like the last like maybe 20 minutes of it with Mm. me because he was busy. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think these were as scary. They were a little jumpy, but not like super scary or anything. Like where I had to turn away from the screen, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. minus the first one, I think we all know what scene we're talking, I'm talking about in where like she goes down the stairs. Like <laughs> everyone, I'm sure everyone yeah. turned their head away. Like they couldn't watch yeah. that. So that was yeah, the most yeah. horror. Yeah, that was yeah. literally the most horror um, scene. Yeah, yeah. One last thing. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I saw this sooner just because I thought the first film was just so perfect. How, how I feel about Stranger Things season one as well. It's so perfect. It doesn't need a sequel. It's so perfect. But like this one <laughs> was, it wasn't needed, but it was really nice to have. So I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to see see what how else they explore these characters because now I'm super invested. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see the next one and see mm-hmm. where it goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Cool. So... Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to us talking about Prey, Nope, Quiet Place Part 2. So this concludes the, today's episode, and please be on the lookout for next week's episode. Um, Jonathan and Larry will be talking about Over the Garden Wall and City of Ghosts. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Mm-hmm.